Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with two lovely ladies, Miss Janine Bowen and Miss Loveline Singh. You guys are the founders of Her Collective. So before we jump into that and what that is, whichever one, whichever of you want to go first, go on and talk a little bit about your background, and then we'll jump into the inspiration behind Her Collective. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Janine Bowen. And um, a little bit about my background. I went to school for social work, but found myself in the cosmetic industry for a very long time and have a lot of experience in training and management. And about four years ago now, I really fell into my purpose. And that was coaching and taking everything that I'd accumulated over the years of management and training and bringing it into a space and a place where I now knew that my passion really fell in a, in a space of uplifting others. I just want to give people the tools and the medium and the confidence to know that there's something magical in them and they need to be able to express that. So that's a little bit and not to get into because it almost will very easily segue into how we got here. But that's my background. Nice. Okay. And and then of course that lovely after you speak, we'll talk how you both how you both met and how you two came together. So go ahead. So my name's Lavelle, and I've been married for 14 years, and I have two children that are the ages, they're going to be nine, and, um, sorry, yeah, nine and 12. I forgot their girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a tween at home, which is super fun, and a lot of attitude going around here, but... In terms of my background, so I went to school, I did political science. It wasn't really something that it was, it wasn't my like go-to. I did like a minor in anthropology and human behavior, which was everything to me. Once I graduated school, I got a job as a teller. And then from that point on, I worked my way up to being a branch manager at one of the biggest financial institutions. So I've been working with a financial institution for 20 years. So, so this is where, where I come in with a lot of behavioral finance, right? And this is where my passion is because I had a little bit about anthropology and human behavior. Then for 20 years of my career, we really focused on, you know, my career focused on the financial. Then I started really delving into, well, how does finance and human behavior, there's obviously a direct connection, right? Everyone's different, but everybody needs money. So that started becoming a big passion of mine. And if you notice, a lot of the blogs that I write or a lot of the videos that I do are very money centric. But obviously, I take a look at it as a, just not a one plus one, but more of a, a behavior of one plus one equals two. Now, what does that value mean to you? How do you work with them? So 
I did take off some time from work and it's going to go into her collected. So I did take off some time from work. I was going through some health issues. I was off for, I would say about, it's going to be two years. I'm going actually back to work. I just started back to work a week ago. And I got to say when her collected came around, which we'll get into, was literally a breathing line. It was what breathed life back into me. And and yeah, it did. And and it made me a better person. This is the one thing I want to thank Janine for, for obviously we'll get into what's happened, but it it changed my life completely joining this a year ago and I'm better for it. That's amazing. So go ahead, Janine, then tell how you will, or you could say even I'm lovely and how you two met. And then I guess Janine is the one, the the driving force behind creating her collective. So then Janine, you can go into how that was created. So lovely. And if you want to talk about how we met. Okay. So we actually met through a very mutual, uh, mutual friend of ours. It's like our best friend on both sides. So I knew Janine personally for years, for years and years and years and years. So we had that comfortable relationship that we could talk about our dreams, aspirations. What is it that you want to do next in life? Janine, go on. This sort of idea was percolating, you know, when you start to have inspired thought and you don't really know where it's going to go. You just have to sort of sit in that pocket until it takes or comes to full flourishion. Correct. So it sort of started out with me buying some Ikea furniture and deciding that I'm choosing my battles and putting (laughs) that together was not the battle I was choosing especially during (laughs) quarantine. I was like, I've had enough. I need somebody to come put this together as well as some other work that I needed done around the house, a bit of painting, you know, some, some things I did not want to do. So I look up this, this gentleman online and he's got five-star Yelp reviews. And so I give him the call Long story short, he doesn't show up once, twice. I'll give you, yes, exactly. That's the facial expression, right? And I'm like, how dare you? Like, I did my homework and you're supposed to be this great provider of a service. And then I learned over time that sometimes these things can be manipulated. And I'm like, I am so naive. When you say manipulate, you mean the review? So, yes. So that was sort of, you know, a part of the fertilization of the seed. Mm-hmm. And then my coaching business, which I'd been working on and, you know, had a few clients, but it wasn't quite blooming the way I wanted it. So that was a little fertilization for the seed. And then again, the same way as inspired thought, I kind of woke up one day and it, it made, it started to really make sense that I wanted to create a community of women who were entrepreneurs and were the best at what they do. And as we know, as women, and especially as women of color, we have to be the best at what we do because society expects nothing less than that. So with this thought, I sort of brought that to the table and was like, this is what I'm offering to my, you know, a group of female friends. And Loveline was like, I will take that, please. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, uh, we kind of, over the year, just, you know, went at it. The foundation of what we wanted to do has not changed. Mm-hmm. Because not only did we want to 
gather this group of female entrepreneurs. We also wanted to gather a group of women who wants to support women. Yeah. We want to gather women who want to be better, feel better, you know, encourage each other, lift each other up. You know, you might have a nine to five, but you also, you know, want to celebrate and be in company of greatness. So essentially that is our purpose at Her Collected. That's amazing. So let me kind of, if I can summarize too of how I'm, so you guys basically start in the middle of a pandemic. Don't discredit that. (laughs) You guys basically start in the middle of that. I love how things develop. So you're like, look, I'm getting these seeds. And it's so important to go back to your initial point when you started of saying, you just knew you wanted to do this. You wanted to empower women in some way, bring women together, doing the best that they can do bring a light on them and all these things. And you're like, I don't know how we're going to do that and what the end result is, but we're going to start. And I think that's so poignant because I think a lot of people get stuck in their own brain and they wait and wait and wait for something. Like even when you, my podcast, I was like, I just felt like I wanted to bring moms on. I know I had my son. I'm not, I'm not an OG mama like you. I only have a three year old. (laughs) You will be girl. Don't worry. Yeah. But after that, you know, it was just like, I needed, I needed to bring women to the forefront to say stories. I never, I know, I didn't know what it was to start a podcast. And if I go back to my original episodes, I'm like, oh, you could tell I was such a newbie. And, but I just started. So to your point, Janine, it's like, it's so important for women out there. If you're listening, just start. And if it is a hobby or whatever it is, go with what your, what your heart is pushing towards. So now lovely, you come into the picture and then tell me how it, how it starts evolving. Like what do you guys realize? Okay. We're going to bring this community. We have the the blogs. Tell me how that all, how that all transcends. So now I come in and I, I see the vision that Janine has laid out and I'm bought in. Right. And there's, and there were so many underlying factors at that time. I'm not working. I'm going through treatments. My headspace is in a place where I'm going through my own internal growth, where I'm thinking to myself, you were given a second chance to live. Like, you know, my health condition was pretty bad. I went into remission and it was as if the universe said to me, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this disease, but you're now going to realize everything else that around you exists that you may not have seen because you were so blinded, right? You were running like a horse with blinders. You had a one track mind and life isn't one track. It's not perfect. So guess what? Let it go out the window. So Janine brings this to me, a universal sign. Guess what? You get to be creative. You get to take what you learned from work and school for the over 20 years. You get to put your own twist on it and you get to create something that helps women. Financial literacy was my big one. And then also other women that I knew that were entrepreneurs and mompreneurs that were starting out too. I was calling on in on them and saying, hey, you know, me and Janine are kind of working on something. I think you'd be great at it because the one thing that we found was female entrepreneurs are less likely to blow their own horn. So if you're not going to blow it, me and Janine are going to blow it for you and we're going to blow it loud because that's what we deserve. That's what anybody deserves is the loud born, right? We're the embarrassing moms that are watching our kid play badly on the field. But to us, you're like, baby, you did it. <laughs> Going back, women correct. We cower. We walk on eggshells. And as women of color, 
we, because I feel like we know we will be judged more, you know, for me, I am a very direct and honest woman. And I'm very proud of that, that I can have tough conversations in the senior level positions I've held. But a lot of times I've struggled because I've been seen as combative and aggressive. But if a man were to do it, or even a white woman, it's like, it's okay. So to your point, you, we do, we, it's just an innate thing that we do and we have to bring it out. Yes, you do. I agree. So, so now you're here, you're the cheerleader. So tell me, how do you then start recruiting people to come to your site? Like, how is that? How do you know, I guess, who to highlight? Like, what is the process like? Tell me all of that. At this point, it starts with your immediate circle. Yeah. And, And what we thought was, how many times have we referred the services that we love to other people? Yeah. And who are those people? That's where we're gonna start. Yeah. And then it comes down to those people have people that they love. Mm -hmm. So it's that ripple effect of these are the services, these are the products that we love. And then, you know, girl, I like to shop. So I spent the holiday season looking up small businesses, being like, what do you sell? Uh, This Christmas, I told my parents, like, we're not doing gifts, but I had packages coming. And they were from all these, I discovered all these wonderful small businesses and the evolution of, you know, our stories was that, you know, through the month of December, I was just like putting out all these small businesses and my stories were dry. So Loveline had to take over and make (laughs) them, (laughs) bring them to life. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of how we've found businesses. And now, you know, one of our goals is once we are no longer on house arrest, as I like to call it, we are going to start grinding and getting out and choosing different parts of the city and really exploring yeah. and digging in deep and, and going to the stores and, and meeting the owners and well, I think it's you know making it fun. You guys are in Canada. Let's put let's let's preface. This yes, way. yes, we That's live. Right. We're in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if you're looking for us in Miami as much as I'd like to be there. Yeah. You're not going to You're not going to find us. We'll be in Leslieville. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it's important to practice, but I think with the power of social media again to your point of like you've been able to find all these small businesses because everyone was online and searching. Yeah. So even if they you can't physically go to somewhere in Miami, at least you can have the online connection. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And, you know, we, since we have a mutual friend, you know, she is also, you know, anything that she loves, I'm like, okay, Lee, I'm going to post that and share that, you know, even, you know, she's on her grind. So we're all, I think as much as the pandemic has been for some people a curse or it's been in, it's been inconvenient. Let's call it what it is in terms of what we have to do to stay at home. Obviously, anybody who has lost someone um, to COVID, it's been devastating. But for the rest of us who are fortunate enough to just have to stay at home and use PPE, it's been a blessing in terms of self-discovery in terms of growth in terms of opportunity you know lovelene and i talk about there's that meme that says you know if you haven't come out of this you know starting a business doing this then you know what did you do with your time and i've seen a lot of backlash to that and and i really say i agree with it what have you been doing 
Yeah. Why have you not used this Correct. to grow yourself? Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to start a business, no. but we're in quiet. Well, I am, I don't have kids. <laughs> so I, you know, I have had that, that quiet to really sit with myself and I have grown more in this year yes. than I have, I would say the past 10 years. And Me it is too. a true. Amen. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I think to that point is, is, Yes. And I, and I saw it because people were like, well, what about people suffering mental health or couldn't? So yes. And there's always exceptions yeah. to that that might have, but to your point, yes, because I think you have to look when there are times of the inconvenience of the times of goodness. If you even think in March, what March to May, how we really were like, what is going to happen, right? We've come out of that. So now we kind of know, but that those few months and lovely. And I know for you, I'm sure with the kids, I know for me, with yeah. my son, I'm like, is he going to go back to school? Is he not? What am I going to do? I was working my, like all these uncertainties and it was yeah. very scary, but it was still a time like, okay, well then let's look at the bright side. What can yeah. we do? We can't do yeah. this. Yeah. But then let's flip. And I think majority of the people felt that like, yeah, whether it was writing a book or looking deeper into yourself, building the relationships with your families, you know, realizing that life is short. I think there was more, I don't want to say more good that came out of it, but yes, the silver linings were there. Yes, absolutely. There was a lot of, again, I mean, there was a lot of good for those people who weren't suffering to your point. Correct. It, it, you know what it did, it, we were so, I felt like, you know, most of society was, was living on autopilot for so long. Your body had a memory of you wake up, you go to work, you eat your lunch, you pick up your kids. So we were consistently on this autopilot for years and years and years. Now, all of a sudden something comes into the roadblock and says that you got to stop your car. So which way are you going to go? Are you going to go left or right? Or are you just going to keep sitting until you go back onto autopilot? And I think what happened was a lot of businesses and a lot of women or a lot of men, entrepreneurs decided at that point, I'm just going to take the left and the right. And that physically had to change the way you thought. And the way you physically think and change the way you thought was physically changed the body of being on autopilot. So regardless, if you were able to, at that point in time, make a change in your life, it was going to be for the benefit of, it was always going to be for the positive because any change is always going to be positive, especially if you were on autopilot for so long. I mean, I can only talk about myself as me being on autopilot for so many years. Then I got sick, you know, and that, that had to be like a real, like hard, you know, break then coming into a Janine and saying, listen, girl, this is not all that there is. There's so much more you could be doing. Yes. really took myself out of autopilot. And I don't think I'll ever go back onto autopilot again. Yeah, I know the difference now, right? Once you're taken out of it, and you're made to have free will and make choices instead of just living the regular day to day that your body's used to. I don't think I will consciously always make an effort. Let's not be on autopilot because so much can come from it. Yes. And that's what we just want to tell women, change something everything will change for the best for the best let me tell you i i've always been a very ambitious career woman and then we're going to talk about specific services you provide and go into that but to say to this point because i'm still high off of what i just did it's been about a week i parted ways with a employer and i was laid off in the middle of covid and i was like oh my gosh what are we going to do that thing even though even though i was appreciative and i was appreciative of the time off but 
we need to work, right? We have this thing of working that I'm yeah. a very ambitious woman, the, the titles, the, the this, all yeah. of this to make us feel at a certain level, right? Whatever that is, the extrinsic motivating factors and getting this job that I was at for eight months after I got laid off. Again, I, same pattern, had an interview, didn't ask the proper question, wanted the job, had great title, great benefits. The interview was great. So you think when you're walking in, the job is going to be great. Yeah. And for the past, for the first month, maybe, but immediately, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm older now. So, you know, you can read between the lines. I've been a professional for a very long time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. This, this is probably not going to be for long term. It just wasn't my values. They say yeah. they want work-life balance. I'm like, we're just coming off of a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hello, great. you know, so yeah. whatever, long story short, just wasn't working. And she was like, I don't think it's the right fit. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. I didn't fight. I didn't yeah. fight for my job because I'm like, no, you're absolutely right. And I sat there and I'm like, you know, and I, I'm going to say this out there to the podcast world because um, lovely and it goes to your point for any woman out there. Don't cower. Don't feel like you have to walk on eggshells. If you are in a relationship, whether it's business, whether it's professional and you are not feeling valued and you are not feeling your best self. And if I had to leave my house still in the middle of a pandemic to go to work, oh, you better believe that thing better fill my cup. And it just yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay. and she just looked at me and she's like, you're not, I was like, all right, it's, you're absolutely right. It is not working. You're, and there's no hard feelings. You, yep. your vision is here. You're not, let's part ways. And I never felt so liberated in my life. I wasn't worried yeah. about a job. I was like, we'll get through this. And I'm like, I'll do my own consulting business. I was like, I have 15 years of HR and accounting experience. I was like, I'm going to do this on my own because I am tired of being in positions where I, again, have to cower and walk on eggshells. And if yes. my son has a doctor's appointment, again, in the middle of a pandemic, worry. Yeah. Like, it's just not, it's just not yeah. serving me. No. Yeah. yeah. And that's and coming off of autopilot. That's yeah. literally saying to yourself, how are you going to work through this? Yes. Start yeah. thinking. Yeah. Right. Think outside the box. And the more you do that, the bigger you grow, the better yes. understanding you have of how the world works and the better influence you are to your children to say, Hey, mama's ingenious. I'll figure it out. Don't worry. We're going to figure it out. Yes. Right. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. freeing. So oh, freeing. Yes. I just, to your point, I also took a very short time off of work just to get my mental health back up because despite the pandemic last year was very personally difficult. You know, there, I experienced a lot of loss yeah. and normally to your point, I was always afraid, afraid of losing my job, you know, in this constant, like I need it. If I don't, if something happens and I've, you know, I've experienced job loss far too many times, not because I got fired, just for the record. Yes. You know, being in social work, every change of government, you know, you may have gotten lied, laid off. And then, you know, with restructuring with corporate North America, it's like, you know, if the shareholders holders feel like, you know, they're not making enough profit, you're going to lose your job. Being in training, you're the first to go because they don't really value you yeah. on a good day. But that aside, when I came back to work, I had this shift where I was like, you have been through fire, literally in your life and you're okay, which means you're always going to be okay. So yep. what you're not going to do is let these people take your power from you and have you, as you say, walking on eggshells. What I'm going to do 
is put on these stilettos and walk with my head up high <laughs> and, you know, move through the rooms and do what I have to do. Yes. For the record, I haven't worn stilettos in you know, <laughs> probably three years, but they're, it's metaphoric, okay? <laughs> but you're going to walk head held high and take it and mean it, which I know yeah. goes in all with what you ladies are doing, which I think is phenomenal. I know for me, once I had my son, creating a village was so mm-hmm. important. Like I've always yeah. been, I've had my girlfriends, but oh man, the connections to just support women. So what you ladies yeah. are doing is fantastic. So yeah. tell me a little bit about, I guess not services you provide or what you're doing as go into what that is with her collected. So there's multiple levels to it. So I'm going to start a little bit at the bottom and and kind of share, you know, where we're going. So like you said, you know, it takes a village and Lovelene and I both come from girlfriend groups, as I like to call them, where you have this solid group of girlfriends and I have friendships that spanned over 30 years. So I understand the importance of friendship, community, and you don't, it's not the same as family and people who don't have that don't get it. Yeah, I agree. And once you do, there is power in women. We are magic. Yeah. And women of color have a different kind of magic. And I am like most black women, we're annoyed when people are like, why is it got to be black girl magic? It's because when you are oppressed and you can overcome, that's magic. So we want to build that community and we want that community to literally look like the United Nations. And, you know, living in Toronto, we're very multicultural, you know, yes. If you've been here, you understand we don't have designated communities of all just one color of people. It's we live in tandem. Yes. So mm-hmm. you go to school, you go to school with everybody and you know a little yeah. bit about everybody's culture. Yeah. So yeah. that is one thing that I love about this city. And so being able to bring the best of everyone together. So that's one part. So there's our membership. Sure. And that is our, and that's what we're growing. That is our focus right now is growing that community. And next it is, you know, our next sort of level is our entrepreneurs, be it our mompreneurs or, you know, obviously we focus on women, but there are men who relate to female energy and they want to be amongst women because they like that magic too. And providing them uh, with support and support in terms of coaching at a Mm -hmm. very reasonable and nominal fee as opposed to what we're seeing out there. It baffles my mind that there are all of these platforms that offer services for entrepreneurs, but the price of them, I'm like, they can't afford that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then again, being available to those entrepreneurs who want that level of extra. And lastly, we have what we called our preferred pros. And those are the women who we go to because we trust them the most to provide information and to support not only our entrepreneurs, but also our members being like, we trust them. If you have a question about who to hire for this, you ask them so that you're not stuck in a situation where you have to call your cousin and be like, can you put this 
Ikea furniture together and I'll slip you a few bucks because I'm not trying to do it. You know, those are the services that we provide. That's amazing. Lovely. And do you want to add to it? And then I guess the blog piece is giving the, not free information, but giving a piece of like, look, we're also here to help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, exactly to attest to what Janine was saying is, you know, we have a group of what we consider professional women. And these women have been completely vetted by us. So the idea is that we want to showcase best of class. We also take a look at diversity as a huge one, right? And we want to know if this entrepreneur has a story. Mm-hmm. And, a, and you'd be very interested because uh, that's where the, the personal human touch comes in. So, you know, let's say, for example, our dentist that we, you know, we all go to, we referred her, she's done my teeth, like, like you're amazing. <laughs> but her story She has a very long story about sexuality, of having cancer. Like there's so much that made her so strong and strive within her business. So if someone has that much energy and that much love, and then now they become an entrepreneur, isn't it just by osmosis alone, that business that they're holding in their hand is full of so much positive love that for us not to refer them it, you know, it'd be a disadvantage for everybody. It's the story. It's who makes the business. And this is where, I mean, Janine, you know, do go through these things and say, tell us a little bit about yourself. It's not about, okay, you're a real estate agent. No, 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 no. Talk to me. What made you become a real estate agent? Why do you want to be in this industry? Because we find that it's not work when it's passion. Mm-hmm. And when it's passion, you are optimizing yourself at 100% no matter what. Facts. Fact. Yes. (laughs) So you are getting the best referral because we vetted them beyond vetted to know them inside and out and what they can bring to you. Love it. Do you know from your blog what's your most viewed or read blog that you know people like tend to go to? There was a girl I interviewed. She's a stay-at-home mom, but she said the two during the pandemic were reprimanding your kids because a lot of mothers were... Very frustration <laughs> heightened. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He said something with her husband. Oh, different spanking styles between. Yeah. And then she that's said, that's a good one. So that got me thinking, like, oh, when people have blogs, like, I love to hear what people are yeah. checking out. So, what, what are people checking out with you, ladies? Well, we actually also have a seasonal magazine. That was our first put out. So, we do blog like every week and then every season. We just did our last one on January 1st, came out. That was, that's been our most successful yeah. offering so far. It's like our third. So, it's been yeah. the most successful. But the actual written blog that was the most read was just after George Floyd and the movement of people quieting, you know, getting really quiet and listening to Black voices for what feels like the first time. So obviously, as a Black woman, I was, I'm still very impacted and I'm trying, I won't cry. I'll try to keep it together. (laughs) And I wrote a piece about once you become woke, it's hard to go back to sleep. I just got the chills. I just got the chills. Yeah. So I have a very good friend and I talk about him in the blog and we've been friends for a very long time. And we joke that he has, you know, a little black girl that lives in. And over the years, we've just had all these really deep conversations 
and he's in a position of authority and he consciously and probably unconsciously always looks out for women of color because he understands the struggle in a way that most people don't because he has an intimate connection Mm -hmm. via me. And so this is just a story about how people woke up and the impact that that has. And that as black people, we never had the power to truly make change because we are not in positions of power. And it is the responsibility of white people to make that they have to take the torch because we can only come so far and we've come as far as we can. Now it's your turn because that's what being an ally means. It's I see the suffering of my brothers and sisters and it's not right. And now I'm going to take in my position of privilege and power and I'm going to take that torch further. So that was very surprising to me that that has been, you know, we give all these great financial yeah. advice, but that was the most impactful. That's amazing. That, and I think that that's wrote. a testament to where people's minds are, because I do believe to Loveline's point, we're out of the, the rat race. We're out of the autopilot. Ahmaud, well, George Floyd, then we found out Ahmaud Aubrey and all of these yeah. things. I know I did a video on that. That touched me. I, I have my husband is Jamaican and Guyanese. So we have a mixed oh, yeah. race son. So I, yeah. I put myself as yeah. man and I'm hoping I don't cry. Yeah, that affected me like that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. that affected me, right? Let's be real. We've had a lot of these injustices in America that we've seen yeah. constantly, but the whole world got to see it. We're all home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yes. to see this. So it impacted every single person. You couldn't yes. run from it. Even if you were unaware, yes. you could not run from it. And yes. I was yes. blown away about the amount of white women I follow who from Kansas and all these random places that were posting like, this is not okay. So yeah. I think that's amazing that that was because that's showing you that people are reading and wanting to know whatever it is like, well, what can I do? Or what does this mean? I was interviewing a, a mental health therapist and we were supposed to talk about marriage things but she was a black woman and I was like it was right after George Floyd I'm like no I need to give you a platform you need to speak yeah you need to talk and and we need to talk about what just happened because we were both like, yeah. like we didn't even know what to do and I'm not black yeah. so I'm like I'm I'm devastated how are you doing and that was my second most downloaded podcast like that thing just rose and I was not expecting that but people wanted to listen so I have hope I have hope that yeah. people are going to do better Yes, I do. I have, I do have hope, hope. Obviously, we can only do what we can do within our bubbles and, and sharing the stories and coming together and all of that. But from what I've seen, I mean, companies denouncing things like I, I do have hope, but it's going to be a long, long haul, long haul, the long road ahead of us. Yeah, just don't go back on autopilot. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what everyone has to know is change isn't going to happen. If you go back and recess back into your old life again, like, I feel like everyone thinks, okay, when COVID's over, I can just go back. Yeah. But do you want to go back? Right. Do you want yeah. it to be that cubicle again? Is that what you want? Think real long and hard, what change you can make in this world, what better you can do for yourself, which is a ripple effect. Cause it betters everyone else around you. Sure. That's like my biggest thing with a lot of entrepreneurs, just people in general. Don't go back to autopilot. You were given a gift yeah. to change. Sure. Use it, yeah. right? Use yeah, it. and I think even after, you know, there's even memes that coming around, like because it's like we we hear this travesty and this this devastating thing, and then again, to your point, we go back to autopilot, we forget, and it's like no, we need to continue to have these conversations <laughs> because. Yeah. 
to Janine's point, people in power are not making the decisions that are systemically exactly. oppressing people to where we're going exactly. back to the same cycle. And that's not what we want, right? No. So it's like <laughs> we have to continue because we're not in the power to do so, which is why we got yeah. to keep kind of breaking down the barriers, making our own tables and, and having the power that we can and, and, and control that we can in our way and not forget, right? And yeah. remember what, what we're doing it for. So that's awesome. I did want to mention, and, and you can talk briefly, Loveline, the seven stages of financial wellness. Yeah. I had read that article, that blog, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because I'm all about Thank financial you. freedom. I will say and put out- There we go. Because I, I was like, okay, this isn't working 100%, blah, blah, blah. My husband and I have gotten ourselves to a place where, because he is all about financial freedom, that I wasn't at this point in my life, like, oh my God, how are we going to get food on the table? I do yeah. need to work. I do need to work. But we have savings. It, there's a little there's a little yeah. space in between. So I yeah. want to talk about that because I think for so long, women get stuck in professional relationships, romantic relationships, whatever relationship, because they're not financially set. So I thought it was important to kind of talk a little bit about there because most of my listeners are women. Oh, absolutely. When it comes to money and finances, it's, it's, you know, for anything that you see out there with Suze Orman and they talk about women in finances, the whole point is to wake up. Here's the thing. If you want to look at it statistically, the Canadian census is that women are 15% lower uh, compared to men when it comes to financial literacy and knowledge. Okay. We are also underpaid. Okay. Women live longer than men. Okay. Women are going to tend to have more disabilities than men later on in life. What does this all equate to? This all equates to women not being able to have financial security for things that are inevitably going to happen. And it's not only because, you know, we just decided one day, well, it's not for me. I don't care. I don't want to learn about money. It's been generational. Right. If you if you even look back, who worked? It's we only became very active in the workforce just very recently, yeah. and even then it was a you're a secretary. So there were always gender roles, right? Where you already were getting paid lower. You already had a male boss. Yes. We're trying to change that and create a program for women and women who have daughters to say this is an important part of life. It is 2021. They're now starting to teach financial literacy in school. I should have been. Oh, years ago. Years ago. Because here's the thing with money. Money is so intrinsic in every part of your life. And people don't understand it's an actual behavior. Yes. Everything that you do is valued on how you view money. What you buy what you eat, what you say to your children when it comes to money, all of those things are going to have effects on them and create that that person as their character one day. So if you can, at the beginning, start to understand money as behavior, not just something that I use to get what I want. That's not how it works. It's how can you use money to create a life that you've always dreamt of? And you've always wanted to either better yourself, your family, or your community. Because that's what money is. It's just a tool. There's no value to it. What I put value to it is what that numeric amount is. So I created the seven stages to get people to understand behaviorally, there's seven stages, right? Obviously, you went through financial chaos. That's that point when you're sitting there and you start sweating out of nowhere and you start having anxiety because you haven't opened up credit card bills for the last five months. 
because you're anxious. Why? Because you know what's there. It's a debt that you can't pay. Yeah. Right. So then you start rolling onto like after financial chaos, once you figure that out, obviously you go, you start looking into a financial avoidance. So now you start stockpiling all your bills onto the side. Why? Well, if it doesn't, if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Okay. This is a behavior, a behavior you were taught as a child. What's the one thing they teach you now? Procrastination. Don't procrastinate. Do the hardest thing first, because now you're creating anxiety, right? Now you're having panic attacks. Like it's, it's cyclical. You're just going to keep doing this to yourself every month. You're going to get nervous. You're going to have anxiety attacks. You're going to have panic. So obviously now you're doing financial voice. You feel overwhelmed, confused. You don't know what to do. Then eventually you go into financial awareness. This is when you start taking a look at it and saying, you know what? I need to do something with my life. I need to change my behavior. I need to control what's happening. Like if you're really free falling financially, you're not able to hold a job. Your bills aren't getting paid. These are massive stressors that can do so much to your health. At the end of the day, money, wealth, and health is so correlated. Why is Prince Albert still alive? You are like a hundred years old, but because you never had to worry about money. Do you understand how crazy that is? But you can, at the end of the day, still change your idea of money, even if you only make $30,000 a year. And I was going to mindset. And I was just going to say what my husband kind of had to put into me was that what he was like, you can make 30,000, 50,000. It's what your output is. And again, to your your mindset and the value you're putting to it, right? What you're spending it on and what you're whatever. And I'm like, gosh, like it hit me. And I'm like, that's what's wrong, especially in America, because we're like consumer based and everything is capital. And there's a for profit for everything, health and everything. Yeah, but correct. It's like you can make low and you survive, but you have to be smart within what you're doing. But continue. Exactly. That's what we have to show people or teach people. It's not it's not the object itself that's going to give you this feeling of happiness and accomplishment. It's really not. I could have the same cup. It could be a $30 cup that I got at Starbucks, or it could be a dollar store dollar cup. The coffee's in it is still the same. Guess what? It's still going to taste the same, right? It's just, you just spent $30 on something that how you think people want to see you drink it. How about just value the actual ingredient inside? You know, they say that they were able to measure money and happiness. And they say that individually, if you were able to make around, let's say $85,000 a year, the happiness that $85,000 salary a year can bring to you at that optimum point with no other changes in your life. It's exactly the same level of happiness as if I gave you a million dollars that same day. Happiness is not equated to money and we need to change that. It's how you use that money. It's a bartering tool. It's how you value that money. It's what you value that makes you happy and people don't get that yet because obviously you know we're it's a capitalist country buy make yourself happy do this make yourself happy that's not where happiness comes from comes from within once you figure that out money's a tool then use money in a way where you can actually make others happy it's a ripple effect donate donate your time buy something from a local business because you know you did something good to provide to a local entrepreneur that's the whole idea with how to use money. Anyone in these seven stages can interchange at any time. And literally you could be at any stage. I could, you know, be myself could say, you know what, right now, maybe I'm at financial stability and I'm working my way towards up becoming financially free.
And the idea of financially free, there's no dollar amount associated with it. You create the dollar amount, you create your future life. And then you say to yourself, it's going to cost me this much. This is what I want to live at. How am I going to get there? Now, where her collective comes in as a money coach, well, then that's where I sit with clients and say, you have to be completely honest. Show me your bills. Show me your spending habits. And then we start creating really structured goals and obviously tangible goals that you're going to have to start putting money away. So for you to reach those goals, what people don't look at is when you start looking into how you value money, you have to look at your money history. Then you got to start looking at how you were raised. You got to start looking at how your parents valued money. You got to start looking at how that has affected every decision you have ever made as an adult, because it has, and you can change that. If you grew up and you did not like the way your parents taught you how to love money, then you change the narrative. And one of the tricks that I tell a lot of my clients is, and it's crazy, is write down everything that you never agreed with how your parents looked at or treated money. Write it down. You rip it up and you burn it. Now it's your turn to create your story and create it for your kids. It has to be taught early on. I mean, they tell you so many things. Don't talk about money to your kids in a negative way. It's true because now you're showing them, well, you can't get this because it costs money. So I'm going to put a negative connotation on I meaning You're not worthy of it. No, you're worthy of everything in this life, but is it valued for you to have this right so now? So to your point, so how just, cause like, I, I forgot what my son, so I'm so used to, you know, I'll say like, no, we yep. can't afford that right now. Just cause I'm like, I'm not. Yes, be very careful. So what do you say? What do you say? Yes. Well, you can't say things like we can't afford it. We're, we're, we're poor right now because these are words that are going to stick with them and they're going to be, their character later on might become frugal or they might end up uh, not spending money on things that they may actually have to, or things that they're going to better themselves. With. So here's something that I usually say to my kids. I'll, I'll, you know, they're like, mom, mom, I want it. I'll actually say something like, okay. It costs $13. I want you to now take a, a shot, a memory shot of everything that you have in your household and tell me what you don't have that does not compare to this product. And I'm telling you, girl, it works because everything they have at home is everything that's in the store. There's nothing new. Okay. <laughs> It's so true though. It's, I mean, my little guy's three, so we could still kind of be like right now, like, well, we're not going to get it right now, but yes, I love where this is going. So go ahead. Yeah. You have to, you have to put it on them to say, what do you not have that isn't sitting in front of you may look a little different, but does it do the same job? And they're going to say, okay, well, I have that. Well, I haven't seen you play with it. How about I wrap it up for you? You go home and you unwrap it. <laughs> Listen, I am the biggest, I don't know what you want to call me. Even my mom like is like, what's wrong with you? Because they'll wear track pants in the winter. And boy, I'll tell you, summertime, those are shorts. Snip, snip. <laughs> I love it. But it's so true to go to your point, because again, what I see that you're instilling them is the value of because we do always want one. And look, I also believe in treating yourself. And if it's oh, 100%. And if, and if that pink cup makes you feel good. Yes. yes. But to your point, don't go overboard. Don't to where yes. the value is every single item materialistic is what gives you because then you're going to be searching that for the rest of your life. You're always going to look outside of yourself for happiness. And we all know yeah. that doesn't exist. Happiness yeah. is within. If I gave a child from the 1920s a piece of chalk <laughs> and, a, and a floor, 
happy as pie, but now my child requires an $800 PS4 system to get a smile. Something went wrong along the way, Yeah. right? 100%. It, it's trying to teach your child to say, create your own happiness. You're not going to get it from this toy that's, first of all, made from some child themselves, like this, this garbage, like yeah. ethically shop. Teach your kids to ethically shop because that's where the world is going. Yeah. It's no longer going to be, I want it. It's going to be, okay, I want it. Is it ethical? Was it made by people who were paid with a proper wage? Yeah. Was there any type of child slavery involved? Hey, it is what it is. Our, my my kids are starting. How was it made? Did it leave a carbon footprint? There All you go. And that's where we're going. And I'm glad. And that's where our society is going towards, right? Yeah. So teach them now. Instead of, you know, buying the biggest plastic thing that they could possibly find in the future, you know, really think about it. Money is important, but it's how you use it. If I have a bag of $10,000 sitting around, you know, when they talk about old people, I'm just going to bury myself with money. Money has no value unless you put value to it. A dollar to you could mean a completely different thing to a dollar to a homeless person. 100%. That's how you value money. What you do with it, that's where we want to teach people. That's what we want to say. Look at the behaviors. Because once you can decide how to change your behavior with money, I'm telling you, everything else in your life will start to fall in place. It's all mental. With relationships, yeah. with families, how you love, how you value a day. How do you look at a day is going to be completely different. You'll wake up happy every day. Because you're waking up and saying, I have a roof. I got some heat going on. I got feet and I'm going to go outside for a walk. Yeah. Not, I don't have a Lambo and there's no pool in the back. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. And actually that a nice pivot into what are you both most looking forward to in 2021? Go what ahead. will you bring with you into 2021 yeah. that you're looking forward to? And what do you want to leave behind in 2020 and just leave it there? Lavlina and I talk about this all the yeah, time about yeah. how like happy we are yes. and we're looking forward to the future and that for us personally, the pandemic has been a blessing. It has been challenging. Do not get me wrong, you know, but through that challenge, as I said before, the, all the growth and each day I feel like I become a better person. Mm -hmm. You know, I have personally made a commitment to operate from a place of kindness and compassion because you know, the old me operated, you know, getting angry, you know, <laughs> was, was, it, was an issue for me, you know, I'm an angry black woman. <laughs> so I guess that's what I'm going to leave in behind in 2020 is, is that assuming the worst of people. And it's so easy to do during these times, you know, you're seeing all this and, you know, even though we're in Canada, like, let's not get it twisted. America sneezes and we get a cold. You know, we are, we are very intertwined in terms of our history. You know, for the record, we do have our own chapter of Black Lives Matter. We are very much affected by what happens in the U.S. The saving grace, I think, for us is a couple of things. We do have social nets in place, you know, our health care, you know, so it does take certain burdens off of us as Canadians, and I know I've, I've sort of departed from the question, but I'm getting back, I'm getting back there, the divisiveness, and I don't want to be a part of that energy. 
I don't want to assume the worst of people. There's an influencer online. Well, where else would they be? And I, that I follow. And he made this point where someone gave him the scenario of what would you do if you found out that your partner of 20 years was stealing from your company? And his answer, and my first one was like, I would rip yeah. my off. Like, I'm so angry. Like, how dare you? I want to beat somebody. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my first reaction. And I was like, oh my God. You're so but he said, my first reaction would, would be A, to take responsibility hmm. because I had access to all of those records. Why didn't I look into it? I have yeah. access to the accountant, I have access to the information. Number two, I would have compassion. What was happening in that person's life that they felt the need to take from our company? And that struck me because, you know, if you, you have to live by your word. Yes. And if you use terms like you never, you know, you have to, you never know what someone's going through. You have to be compassionate. And then you see yourself reacting in a way that is the opposite of that, you need to check yourself. Yes. So when we move into, as we, now that we are, you know, we're almost through, you know, the second month of this year, I've really made that commitment to take a step back from your fiery Aries temper. That's really where it comes from. Oh, you're an Aries. I love it. My husband, my best friend, my father, my sister. Yes. We're fiery people. So, you know, take a step back from the fire and take a moment, take a breath and be compassionate. Remember not to assume. Stop assuming. You don't know the story until you ask. Yeah. So find out if there's a reason to then get crazy and be angry, then you have permission. But until you figure that part out and even in your anger, still be compassionate because at the end of the day, that's their truth and that's their responsibility. And if they've been a trash person, that's not about you. Yeah. That's not your burden. You can leave them and go on and know that you conducted yourself in a space and place of integrity and respect and feel good about what you have done and they'll have to live with that. But until you know and see the full story, yeah, you can't operate from that space. So that's what I'm bringing. So leaving the anger and fear in 2020 and bringing more compassion and more kindness because that's what the world needs right now. For me, it's the one thing that I say to everybody, it's fear. One of the things that I learned to let go was fear over the last year. Fear even when I got sick a year before that for the last two years, because it made me really take a look at that. You know, you really aren't invincible you you do have a time stamp and you know there's so much time that i have left in this world in the form that i am so what so do whatever is that you wanted and what stopped me in life a lot of times was a lot of self-doubt and fear based feelings and i let go and, and don't get it twisted there'll be times i'll call janine and be like, girl, I don't know, are we doing the right thing? And then one day I looked at it as a like, girl, but you know, what we're doing is spreading love. People have no problem spreading hate online. So why do people feel, you know, a little bit of taken back when someone starts to spread love and positivity and goodness? So I'm leaving fear because nothing comes out of fear. It is just some niggling little troll that bites at you in the middle of the night that starts making you self doubt every action you take. 
The minute that you give up fear is when you become the 1%. And I tell this to everybody. I say, I always tell people, be the 1%. Because at the starting line, there could be 10 of us. For sure. Maybe 20 of us. Whoever gets to the third marker, maybe there's seven left. Fourth marker, maybe four. Everyone's scared. Everyone who got left over on those markers stopped because of fear. My whole thing is don't let fear stop you because eventually what you're doing, there will be an outcome because no one else did it. By default alone, I'm winning because you didn't. And that's going above and beyond my fear. So just keep going. That's what I want to tell anyone in anything that they're doing. Don't let fear stop you because default alone, you are winning when people stop moving forward. Sure. You will succeed. I love it. I love it. I love it. We're going to get into my quick get to know, and that should yeah. be like a rapid fire. But before we do that, I realized I didn't ask, where do you see her collected in the next three to five years? What is, what, what do you, what, <laughs> I, you know, I jokingly say, oh, world domination. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's, you know, let's keep it like from now into three, you know, it's, it's been, well, what was your, I guess your anniversary, what's your, when's your anniversary? Year, our anniversary is coming up. We, it yeah. hasn't even been a full year. Our, yeah. our anniversary is April 30th. We'll yeah. have our one year anniversary. Uh, so obviously very excited. Yeah. We can't even believe yeah. that it's been a year, longest, shortest year of our life. So that's our anniversary. So you're asking where do what's, we see ourselves? What's coming up? What do you have in the pipeline? What's one year from now? Like, where do you guys see this? Well, our vision is very clear. We have, it is very well mapped out. One of the things we were just talking about this last night, that we are pivoting from timelines because it's not about time yeah. in terms of this industry. It's about viewership and numbers and, and followers. And because that determines everything that will determine our next step. You know, if we have only three people in our village, then it's hard to you know, yes. hard to expand. So at this point, we're really uh we really are spreading our love and increasing our village. While we do that, we are just celebrating entrepreneurship, you know, and everything happens exactly when it's supposed to, because one of the major things that we are going to be doing is having in-person events. Yeah you know, having speakers, having like workshops and yeah. having artisan, what do you call those markets? Yeah. And we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and even if you can, there's like, you're allowed 20 people. Yeah. So in That's the meantime, perfect. it's sort of like, we're just going to keep trekking away at building our community. Sure. And where do we see ourselves? Well, one part, the sky's the limit because, you know, given what we do, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about the freedom of, as Loveline said, letting fear step aside, move yeah. to the right or to the left. It's that the beauty of like, we can do whatever we want. It's our business. If we yeah. decide this launch date don't work, it don't work. We're just going to move it. Yeah. And there's no one to tell us I love it. anything. Yeah. Right. I don't, we are the bosses, yeah. you know, we're control of our destiny. So in three to five years, we just, at that point, everything should have come to full flourishing. We should have been able to onboard our support of entrepreneurs. We yeah. will be able to have onboarded, you know, our entrepreneurs who are, we vet and who have, who we will allow access to our community. And then 
you know, we are going to be continuing to work with those already in pros who really trade exposure for information. You know, we are old school bartering. It's like, you know what, we just want you to share with us what you do. And in exchange, we're just going to celebrate you. Yeah, that's basically it. We're, we're that conduit of a voice that wasn't able to travel from the place you were. And we're going to create a platform and a tunnel system where once you come out on the other end, you're booming and everyone hears you. I also see myself, I mean, us in three years, speaker circuits, some type of maybe mid-morning social TV where we're guests. That'd be my favorite. You know me. I'm always thinking like, Maybe it'll be on, I, well, my thing was Oprah one day, but obviously Oprah, I'm like, maybe on the own network. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> Never know. I love it. Love it. Okay. So whoever wants to jump in first, favorite yeah. or one that you would like to recommend? Okay. So I have a book. I mean, like I have two books. I have a fun book to read. I think it was just so good to read. She's a Canadian artist. Her name's Mona Awad. And it was about 13 ways of looking at a fat girl. And each chapter, there were 13 chapters, were her in different parts of her life from adolescence to adulthood and how she was viewed by society based on her weight. And as she started losing weight, how society started viewing her differently. But the great thing about the whole book was that her mental state never once changed. So here it comes down to full circle. Is it all up in here or is it the physical body, the value, right? The value of money. It, to me, it, it made complete sense. I could drive around in a Lambo, I'm still an asshole, right? Or drive around in a Toyota, hey man, but you're still an asshole. Yeah. It was a really, really good book. Now, the other book that I'm reading, absolutely love it, is by Dr. Joe Disprenza, Becoming Supernatural. It is more of a help book. It's about the idea of intrinsically looking within yourself to create a life that you've ever wanted, that the universe works in a positive force. There's no negative forces when you're looking at the universe. So anything that you want to do, anything that you want to achieve by thinking, by thought of the right manifestations, by doing the right activities, by meditating, by giving yourself that, and by being the 1%, you will achieve it. There's no end to it. You will achieve what was destined for you. I love it. Janine? Okay. So like Loveline, I have two favorites. One being a classic, The Color Purple. Like I've seen every, like read the book several times, watched the movie every time it's on Women's Network, and then had the privilege of seeing it on Broadway. But a book that I have been, we wrote about it in our last issue of the magazine is Think Like a Monk. I had to say, oh, I often say, yes, yes, because I'm living like a monk right now, but it's think <laughs> like a monk. And it's like, it's everything that anybody would need to know about just changing their thought pattern. And I've coupled it with yet another book, Atomic Habit. The two really marry together because one is more spiritual and the other one is very practical. Mm-hmm. So they both really talk about how you can improve your life by creating structure. And especially for entrepreneurs who work full time and have their side hustle, it's all about structure. You can do, you know, you can have it all. You just need to create structure in order to make it happen. And 
build that into your life and create those habits, be it your business, you want better health, you want to exercise, everything's possible. And it's not discipline, <laughs> you know? all grew up and our parents told us we didn't have any discipline. Yeah. Like my mother told me that once she told me that 5 million times yeah. <laughs> and you just grow up being like, ah, I have no discipline, yeah. Yeah. but discipline actually doesn't work for yes. anyone. Yeah. So just hearing that made me feel it's so like much deprivation. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's about it's like deprivation. forming habits, yeah. making yeah. it when they said, when I read, I don't need to work out for an hour. I was like, well, hallelujah. <laughs> I don't even want to work out for five minutes. <laughs> Working smarter, not necessarily harder. Exactly. I'm like, you're going to tell me I can get a sexy beach body in 15 minutes a day. Well, I'm signing up for that Love it. very much. Love it. What's the best or worst? And you each can pick one. Maybe one of you can give the best and one can give the worst business advice you've received. What was yours? Which one do you want to do, Janine? Do you want to do best or worst girl? Well, you know what? The the thing about me is I don't take business advice. Yeah, she doesn't me. take it. She I literally don't take advice yeah. about anything because usually when people are giving advice, it's unsolicited. Yeah. <laughs> I've already admitted to being an Aries. So I'm like this, who even asked you? <laughs> and, you know, and the people who are usually giving advice... I look at their lives and God bless them. Nine times out of 10, they're not. Yes. <laughs> their advice says they should be. They're not even doing it. And I'm like, you're going to tell me. I, I have a great quote from you. I have a great quote for you. Don't take advice from someone you don't want to be in their position. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So that's my take on advice. So I'm just like, because I really thought about that question where I'm like, I don't recall anybody ever giving me any good advice. And if they were giving me advice, chances are I was just like this. So it, I love the dynamic. I can see the dynamic yeah. between the two. And I think it, it's a perfect balance yeah. and a perfect marriage in a sense of a word. Because lovely, and I feel like you have something that you you have. That oh, yeah. For me, the, oh, for sure. 100%. I mean, the worst advice that I got was probably throughout my childhood when it came to being an entrepreneur or going outside of just get a job, get married, have kids, be happy, you die. There's nothing, what, what more is there? And it was just that, why wouldn't you do something that's a 100% guaranteed safe? I think that is the absolute worst advice. I will never give that to my kids. I will never give that to any human being because you don't grow within comfort and you start to disdain everything about your life because it's everything you don't want to do, right? It's that whole, you know, that whole, you drive to work, you drink the same coffee, you read the same emails, but if you have nothing as a passion project outside of work, then you start contemplating what kind of life is this? And then that's when you start getting addicted to social media and you start sitting there and you start living through other people's lives. Yes. Amen. But really just create your own life. The other one, my brother said uh, that he's the worst advice he's ever gotten, which was pretty good was because uh, he's an entrepreneur himself. He said, some people have always told him, don't worry about the details. And he goes, and that is is the worst advice 
that you can give to an entrepreneur because it's all about the details. They yes. will come back and so bite true. you in the ass. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think it's not only not about the detail, but I'm like, I think what people get misconstrued maybe with that is like all about the, I mean, like just start, but like, yeah, just start, yeah, but just start. know the details and start where, where you are, but know the details of where you're starting, where you are. <laughs> exactly. You have to be so comfortable when you're an entrepreneur that you can go head to head with someone when those tough questions arise and you're like, I can almost answer all of these in my sleep with my eyes closed. Correct. I agree. That's how much I know about a hundred percent. Look, I started my consulting thing and I already have my first consulting job, but I haven't even put it on LinkedIn because I don't have the details. Yes. Word of mouth. People have been sending me. But yes. before I announced to the main platform, yes. I'm like, I, I, I need to get my S, my yes. shit together and have my details straight. I don't want to come looking like, you know, so that's exactly it. You don't want to come unprepared. Like, I don't even know what's going on here. Well, now I've just made a decision about who you are and it's going to take too long to ever change that. Correct. What has entrepreneurship taught you? Both. Oh, you, who wants to go first? I'll go because yeah. I have been an entrepreneur. I have. I have simultaneously held a traditional job and been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years. Mm. So being an entrepreneur and, and being an entrepreneur has made me a better quote unquote employee because I bring that spirit to everything I do. It has always been think outside of the box. And especially when you're working within a a corporate structure, it's like, yeah, I get that this is how you always have done things, but that doesn't always work. work yeah. So if I need to hit these numbers, I need to start to get a little bit grimy. Correct. The other thing is don't ask for permission. You know that saying it's easy, yeah. easier to ask for forgiveness than it is permission. Yeah. Do what you have to do within the parameters of the law, of course. <laughs> but, you know, you have to make it happen. Be snappy with it. Be proactive. Figure it out. Figure out the way. Figure it out. When they say common sense isn't common, I didn't fully understand that. But an important part of common sense is being able to problem solve and be able, being able to pivot on a dime. And as an entrepreneur, that is what makes you, gives you that edge over a larger company because you're like, this isn't working. We need to switch it up Mm -hmm. right now. Whereas, you know, if you're in a rowboat, you can quickly shift. If you're in the ocean liner, not so much. 100%, 100%. Go ahead, lovely. I think for me, what it taught me, because I've only been an entrepreneur for the last year with Janine at her collected, was that any creative thought that I have is viable and can come to fruition if I want it to. There is nothing that I am not able to do. Never been on a podcast. Well, I'm on one today. (laughs) Could you have said that to me two years ago, right? Now, also with entrepreneurship, what I learned when I'm growing through is you can't be fearful. Fear cannot exist if you're going to do the things that you do that you believe in. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, and fear in itself kind of dissipates anyways, because when you're passionate about something, that's not what you think about. You're, you're full of excitement. And I think that's what I really learned with entrepreneurship. Everything is possible. Everything. If in my mind, I created some crazy digital app, guess what? It is completely possible to make it happen. And it will, because you know what? Be the 1%. Everyone may have had that thought, but 
who was the 1% that actually did it? 100%. That's what I learned with entrepreneurship. If you don't do it, somebody else will. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What stops people from doing it is fear. So don't have fear. Just do it. There's a book that I don't know if you've read, but it's not, it's called Big Magic. Oh no, this sounds by good. The girl, by the lady who did Eat, Pray, Love. I know you're both from- Oh yeah, I read that. Oh yeah. That book changed me because it's basically along what you just said, which is think of all the times you had an idea, invention, and you were like, oh, whether the fear stopped you or something stopped you and then someone else came out with it. What are you going to do? Like, so it's a very inspiring motivational yeah. book and I don't even think I, I think I still probably have maybe a uh, hundred pages in but it's one of those books you could pick up anytime and whenever yeah. I need yeah. inspiration I just pick back up where I left but the majority of the book I took from it and I was like yes 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 if you're ever stuck in a rut yeah it just reminds you of your magic and you know, like you just said, if you don't do it, someone else will. So just kind of push. And I do believe push. If, if, if it's God, whatever you, whatever your higher power is, yes. if you put it out there and you show you're willing to do X, Y, Z, you'll never go wrong. No matter yeah. what it is. You'll I never fail. Through my tribulations. Yeah. Yes, the universe is a positive force. You yeah. won't fail by just logic alone. Correct. Yeah. We're going to succeed. All three of us. Yes. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but you just have to put it out, say what it is, yeah. and show that you're willing to do whatever that work that work. is. You know, that you're just not yeah. going to sit there like, yep, yep, I am manifesting. Yeah. I am going to be on <laughs> our network. And Oprah's just going to call me saying, yes, girl, yes. you're going to come. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's like manifestation is an action, not a reaction. Yes, exactly. Correct. Correct. <laughs> um, gosh, I had a, another question that wasn't kind of on my list. Before I forget, though, t tell, I mean, I'm going to put in the show notes, but tell the podcast world how people can follow you and what that's what it is when your next publication is coming out. So our next publication comes out on my birthday on April 1st that, yes, it's April Fool's Day. I am aware. Oh, that was my birthday. <laughs> oh. Right. Love it. Yes. My whole life, people have made me aware of that. So yeah. So that's our next uh, publication. Happy birthday to me. And then people can find us hercollected.com as well as they can follow us uh, on Instagram at uh, hercollected and our Facebook page also hercollected. So everything's under All our name. Collected. So you can find us there and I'm trying to think of anything else. Well, and yes. do you have any Flipping to our DMs. People do all the time. Send us messages. We love it. Okay. Anybody yes, wants to collab? We're all about it. Know. We say yes to almost everything. everything. <laughs> Wait, say that again. Say that again. We say yes. That is my advice to entrepreneurs. You say yes. And then you figure it out. You say, oh, I would love to do that. And then you go back and you're like, how do I do that thing? I just, I We're do. speaking the same love language. That's how I've mastered my career. What I started, yeah. I did not know. I was pulled yeah. from a bank and, and yes, write this. And I'm like, okay. And I figured it out. That is a skill yeah. that I'm trying to teach. And I feel is, is kind of like the common sense thing that we don't, there's not enough people that have that skill to figure yes. it out. Yes. Yep. And yeah, we we cool. do a magazine. I I've never done a magazine. Never did a magazine in my life. It's cool. Yes, I'm like we do graphic arts. Yeah. Both Loveline. Loveline is editing videos yeah. now. Edit okay? videos. I'm all um, making pasta. I don't know, girl. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I love, it. I love it. And I think women. I mean, let's be real. Which is why I don't know how women 
we're going to rule all we are at some point we have to because i'm like yeah. the things that we are capable of doing yeah yes at the multiple final untapped resource yes a massive untapped resource and now yes, that's give them the tools and the yes. foundation for them to grow 100 yeah. percent. any final talking. thoughts to the podcast world that you have my final thought is find your purpose find your purpose because from your purpose, you'll find your passion. And when you're living in purpose, your life opens up. Mm -hmm. And that is when it becomes everything you want it to be. And every single one of us deserves to live in joy. Mm -hmm. Because that is, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And of course, to help each other. Yes. My thing, mine is, it always comes down to it is be the 1%. If you think nobody else will do it, you have to be the one to do it because by default alone, you just won. And I don't think people see it that way. And I don't, people's minds can't wrap around that. Like, oh, you're going to go write a book, but you didn't, but I will. So by default, I just won. I just won. I wrote a book. Be the 1%. I tell my kids all that. Be the 1%. What is your mind telling you to do? I want you to do the opposite because it's fear-based. Just do it. And trust me, you're not going to die. We're <laughs> <laughs> still alive, right? We've, yeah, we've done, oh, we've yeah. done the videos, we've done whatever. And you know what? We've come out unscathed. Yes. And just never will watch those videos again. No, but never. We... <laughs> They're so bad, but we came out <laughs> of it. <laughs> Better. I love it. I love Better. it. <laughs> I love it. Well, ladies, it has been a pleasure to have you both on. I know we'll be having future connections, collaborations. I cannot wait for actually, how do I get? Well, we'll talk after like how I can see the first online yes. publication and get access to that. I love supporting yes. women. Obviously, I have a special place for moms because that's a whole nother untapped thing yes. that I feel like moms don't get the support that we need. But yes. that's a whole nother thing. But thank you so much, ladies, for coming on. This was an absolute joy. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. Please share this episode, download it, rate, review, and subscribe to my show if you haven't already done so. And tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her motherhood journey. Continue blessings to you all for love and light. <laughs>